Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Cow Corner podcast with me, the Dolly Dropper, James Hurl, Mr. Birmingham League son, Andy Harrison, the loyal one, Joss Elliott, and the king of the transfers, Jamie Martindale. For your latest dose of all things Shropshire cricket. Welcome back to another episode of the Cow Corner podcast. Once again, we're virtually meeting on Zoom. Hopefully better sound quality as I've upgraded the Zoom. All that Cow Corner Nets money coming in handy. And hopefully we don't have to meet virtually much longer. Anyway, I'm joined by the A-team once again of the man with the Birmingham League ton, Andy Harrison. Mr. Loyal Joss Elliott and the king of the transfers, Jamie Martindale. So, how are we doing, guys? James, I'd like to change my name again if I can, my title. <laughs> Diva of the podcast? No, no, just Absolute transfer. Bell end. No, just, just transfer guru. Transfer nice. guru. Transfer yeah. guru. Rather than king of the transfers, just transfer guru. The problem is, is it, I'd have to completely rework the opening, <laughs> the opening sequence to get that to... Oh, yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> the transfer guru. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, we could probably work with it. I'd... I changed my name. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jamie didn't have one, did he? That's, the, that's his one change. He's gone from Jamie Martindale to a name. So, I mean, well... Yeah, transfer guru. We'll have a think about it. We'll see how it see how it. There's nothing to think about. It's a done deal. (laughs) So, how have we all been doing, guys? I mean, I think the world feels a little bit more positive recently with all the news, which we'll go into in a little bit. But the full season seems ahead of us. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the restrictions being lifted a little bit. In particular, some of them won't affect you, Hurley, but I'm looking forward to hairdressers reopening. I'm also looking forward to hairdressers as well. That's why I've got a cap on just for a Zoom meeting at home. (laughs) It is one of the benefits of being in the elite group of bold men. 
that uh, you know you save a lot of money on shampoo and also on on haircuts, but it does mean you have to trim your head every. Don't worry, I bet Cammy spends enough for both of you. <laughs> yeah. But hey ho, it is what it is. How are we, Andy? I'm all good, mate. Really chuffed to see the fixtures have come out, and uh, we're looking positive, looking like we might get a full season in. And uh, the last couple of days, we've had some lovely sunshine, frost in the morning, but a lovely afternoon. So. Uh, yeah, it's all looking positive here. Mm. And it's nice to get together and have a few beers as well tonight. I know it's on Zoom, but we're having a few scoops. Yeah, it's, it's always good to get together. And uh, the 2021 Shropshire County Cricket League fixtures have come out. And we're going to be looking forward to getting into that. And we're going to be having a bit of a, bit of a breakdown of the fixtures, have a look at the latest news, have a bit of a general chat about anything else that's going on with the league, your normal transfer rumours. But anyway... Here's what's coming up on episode 29 of the Cow Corner Podcast. On episode 29 of the Cow Corner Podcast, we discuss the return of the Evening League, the promotions and demotions in the Shropshire County Cricket League, the 2021 fixtures. We analyse every division and pick out our ones to look out for. And everyone's favourite, transfer news and rumours, like you've never heard it before. All this and much, much more on another bumper episode of the Cow Corner Podcast. So, as things are nowadays, the biggest news has been that Boris has come out and set out his roadmap for us to come out of lockdown. And the big news coming out of that is outdoor sports will return towards the end of March. So, guys positive signs and what looks like there will be a full cricket season. Absolutely delighted. Delighted. Um, and I'll be, be honest with you, I didn't think we would um, we'd be in this position. So um, hopefully if things go to plan, obviously a lot depends on what happens as these restrictions are lifted, but all being well this time in eight weeks, I'll have played my first game of outdoor. Yeah, for me as well. I'm uh... Really looking forward to a full season. Actually, you know, the discussions we've had about the possibility of there being another season where it's regionalised, it, uh, it was hard to even think about playing that again. So, you know, absolutely buzzing as a, a full fixture list come out. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's hope uh, it can all, everyone can behave themselves and we can uh, get out there back to normal again. I know it's never going to be the same with the likes of tees, but, you know, we just want to play cricket, don't we? I think on the last podcast I said I'd be a little bit surprised if we started on time, but it, you know I'm obviously happy to be proved wrong. It, it's fantastic that we've got the full season penciled in. I'm still not sure. I mean, there might be a few delays or might be a few suspensions during the season. You never know if, if cases pick up again a little bit. But from where we are now, I think we, we look in a fantastic position to get all the fixtures out. I think gives everybody a massive lift. Um, and yeah, it'd be, it'd be great to see everybody, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing at the moment, which, I mean, the only hurdle that we have to cross at the moment is obviously Wales have to bring out their own roadmap and haven't really kind of announced that as of the time of the re this recording. So we're still not 100% sure on how that could affect Welsh clubs as well. And the, as we know, <laughs> everything that happened last year, you know, with all the Welsh clubs, and that was pretty much last minute, wasn't it, with teams like Alberbury, Joss? Yeah, I mean, they've got eight weeks now, haven't they? So hopefully... They won't be too radically different to, to England's roadmap, I, I would hope. Mm. 
Yes, so hopefully everything looks like it's going back to normal. I mean, this time last year, everything was still on track towards there being a full season. But I think there was rumblings of what was to come. And, you know, there is always that worry that things may happen. But, I mean, they're they're rattling through these injections, aren't they, and uh, vaccinations. And uh, it won't be long to your uh, getting vaccinated, Joss. No need for that, is there? But, yeah, you're right. I mean, they say all over 50s by the end of April. So, yeah, should be in the next... Um, Hopefully before the season starts, I'll, I'll be um, I'll be clean, not like you, dirty gits. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll uh, be able to give the shine to the ball and everything, whereas we won't. Uh, that's the uh, that's the one thing. Some other great news because it looks like we're going to be getting a full season. It looks like there's going to be a return to the evening league cricket uh, or the midweek for those of you who don't know it as the evening league. Joss, thoughts on that? Yeah, I was talking to Andy about this earlier. Um, I'm delighted. First of all, let me say that. Delighted that he's coming back, having had none at all last year. But talking to Andy, it looks like there may be a few clubs that have lost the appetite Mm. for for the game. I know it's still early days. I'm I'm not on the committee anymore either. So I can't, I don't know too much about what's going on. I know they've reached out to clubs for them to confirm that they want to play this year in in the evening league. And I gather... There's not been that great a take-up. Mm. Well, so it'd be, be interesting to watch this space. We'll see what happens. I, you know, I think it's the nature of a lot of clubs. They leave it to the last minute. So it may mm. be that, you know, on the last day, the remaining 20, 30 clubs, whatever, confirm that they are prepared to play. And I hope so because it's a great mm. form of cricket. Yeah. So when is the deadline, John? It's a third of March or that. I'm so, pretty sure. From from obviously, I'm captain of Grasshoppers. I got the form for. I think it said third of March. So they've got they've got a few days. Um, I, I'm I'm pretty sure most, all clubs will want to play in it, but I think just with the times as it's been, I just don't think maybe. I mean, I, I spoke to Jerry App earlier on the phone, and we were talking about. I think a lot of people they're at work, they look at their emails, they flick through, and you know, I'm pretty sure by the end of it, there'll be a pretty much every every side will want to be in it. I, I would have thought. But I did hear rumours there's only ten clubs so far have confirmed, which you, which is. A very, very worrying take-up. Mm. As you say, Andy, and as, as I have experienced before, a lot of clubs do leave it to the last minute. So, Yeah, uh, well, it, this is going to be my next question, really. I was going to say, how do you think a year off evening league will impact on the numbers of people getting involved and teams getting involved? Do you think it's going to have a positive or negative impact? Because a year off is a year out of the habit of doing it and taking, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday or whatever night it would be or Monday, uh, whatever night your game is and getting out and playing some cricket. You know, some clubs may have got out of the habit of playing that. But uh, I did speak to speak to Ollie Griffiths and he said there wasn't a bit of an issue with the uh, emails going out and that some clubs didn't receive them. So they had to resend some of them, which might be as to why there's only 10. But uh, Jamie, what are your thoughts? No, I think in all walks of life and particularly all sports, I think the pandemic it will affect things negatively. Um, I think a lot of the focus has been um, on the Saturday fixtures and making sure we get the Saturday season up and running. I mean, the midweek season is not something I'd even heard about. I mean, not that I'm on any admins or anything, but I haven't heard or even thought about it in the last couple of months. It's all been focused very much, I think anyway, on the Saturdays. Um, So you're actually sort of putting this on me without having even thought about it. But um, I think you're right. I think clubs closer to the time, closer to the deadline, even if it is in a few days, I think they will get it done. Um, I think there will be a few 
maybe not clubs that, that don't um, participate, but a few second teams might, uh, might lose a few second teams. Um, so I think that would be the biggest impact. But yeah. no, I mean... There's only a couple of second teams in, in the uh, Midweek League anyway, but, um, but yeah, you're right, I think, yeah. I mean, it'll go one of two ways. You, you either come back absolutely gagging to play more cricket and to play Union League, or you found something else to do and you've lost the appetite. Really. Mm. So, I've got to be honest, I think there'll be a lot of the latter. I do. No, think no, I agree, I agree, I agree. I was about to say, actually, um, with all the hard work that the likes of Ray Collins and, uh, and Ollie Griffiths do, and, uh, and the committee, especially Craig Keefe, who obviously works very hard from what we hear. Um, I, you know, the hard work they put into it, I really hope we can, uh, we can all get together and everyone can get the league started and get it played as normal. Because, I mean, I, I speak for myself, but I, I love the Evening League. I think it's a great league. Mm. And yeah, it, it, I think the short format of the game is so popular. I'd like to think all the, all the juniors would want to play in it as well. So, mm. yeah, let's, let's just hope it goes ahead and it goes fine and, and Ray can... Uh, do his business and do a great job as usual and get it get it done. Something you brought up, Jamie, I thought was really interesting about the publicity towards it because I myself, I didn't really think too much about Evening League until I by chance thought about it the other day. But um, yeah, carry on, Jamie. I know that you've got some other stuff to say because you're going mad on the Zoom. Yeah, no, all I was going to say was um, if there is, if the uptake isn't quite as popular with adults, Andy just mentioned mentioned the kids, I think it could be a fantastic opportunity to get more juniors involved, you know, mm. particularly in those lower leagues. You know, you can you can include players of what 14, 15 years of age, and quite a few of them. So actually, that not that we want to see you know, the, the senior players not play so much, but that could actually be um, you know a positive is that you can get a lot of youngsters um, in these evening leagues. Joss, what are your opinions on that? <laughs> That's a royal stitch I've just seen him uh, walk into his bathroom. Has he? Oh, right. Okay. Gone for a bathroom break, lads. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see how the evening league goes this year. And I mean, I really hope that it carries on. And Andy, obviously, Grasshoppers wanting to take the title once again. Yeah, we're hold we're holders, and we're it's a it's a strong league as well, Division One. Uh, now the rough and tumblers have come up as well, so. Yeah, it's a, it's a lovely league. And as I say, I've got the two trophies at home. So uh, I hope to keep them. So it'd be a good season. Obviously, me now moving to Wem. It's going to be interesting playing against the Wem boys. Whether I find any weaknesses or not, I don't know. But it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good crack. It's going to be good fun. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of banter to come. Yeah, so before we go on to the fixtures uh, and more... It hasn't all been great news, as unfortunately we have lost a few sides, the most notable being Acton Reynolds' second eleven. Now, I thought, despite the fact that we've already spoken about this on the Cow Corner Extra show, it would be a shame if we didn't get the thoughts and opinions of two former Reynolds players. So, Andy, Joss, thoughts on Reynolds' second team not taking part this year? Yeah, um, always sad to see a team disappear from the league. Had some really good times at Reynolds, really, really strong, healthy club. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I thought they were resurgent a couple of years ago because if I'm honest with you, about five, six years ago, I thought their seconds were going were gonna to fold. But they seem to have a, an impetus from somewhere. But obviously it's, um, I don't know, it's backfired, whatever. It is a shame. Lovely club. Still got a lot of friends there. Very sad to see them go. Mm. Yeah, a bit of the same, really. Um, Looking the last few years, uh, and playing a bit of indoor cricket with with Joss and Acton Reynolds, 
they just look like a club on the up to me. Um, and I don't know what's developed and what's happened to, to have to, um, to drop out as a second team, but it's, it's sad. And I just hope that, um, I hope that the players that won't be featuring the seconds can either like work for a place in the ones and they have like a decent squad or, you know, maybe they move somewhere else and, and get some cricket. Cause that's what it's all about playing cricket really, isn't it? So a uh, big shame. So, I mean, I don't know if you're going to mention it early, but obviously Rockstar, another one of my former clubs have actually gained a club. So, well, that's my next point. That's <laughs> well, yin and yang, so I'm delighted to see the Rocks are yeah. resurgent. And we've yeah. got a team, which is great. I, I'm delighted for them. I hope, I hope they prosper. Mm. Yeah, I, we have to mention, obviously, yeah, like we've said, uh, my next point is going to be that Rocks have gained a second 11, and we've also had some other teams who have added teams who are, who are going to be playing in the Sunday division. Going back to Reynolds, though, I think you're looking at, you know, Graham Hughes has left, who's gone to Condover, and you, you do worry for them if players, whether they will stay on and how that will affect them moving forwards, especially given how good a season they had last year. And that is the problem with, um, for example, having two teams going down to one. It sort of can be another nail in the coffin. You know, if you've got, I don't know, if you've got 20 players and not 22, so you can't get a second team, you, you've therefore got, nine players aren't getting a game every week, what are they going to do? Mm. You know, but, but I suppose as long as there's still a healthy number of clubs in the county that's not going down, you know, actually have lost one, Rockstar have gained one. The overall picture in, uh, in Shropshire cricket is good. That's no consolation to Actimel, obviously, but um, as long as we keep that healthy number of, number of teams. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be an interesting couple of years seeing how things pan out, especially financially for certain clubs and how things will, how, I don't, you know, you're never quite sure how this COVID and everything that's been going on will affect cricket in the long run, but hopefully cricket will go on from strength to strength. In other news around the league, uh, the Frankton lot have been doing their D-Feb Relator Challenge, which has been in full throw with members getting on their running shoes and cycling boots. Uh, yeah. In, in, order, <laughs> in order to try and raise the £750 needed to get a defibrillator fitted at the club. Bloody hell, Hurl. I, bet, I hope you've donated some California nets. Jesus Christ, they could buy two. <laughs> yeah, I have donated, actually, guys. So, uh, yeah, there, I think there's still time on that if uh, any listeners want to donate to that and what about what about raising money for warm-up gear is that not a, a thing though no? I, I don't mind this because i know that frankson take it quite well and uh, uh, they're uh, good crack. actually they're good crack, actually frankson. enjoy we we quite enjoy having the back and forth of them and it's it's all good fun it's all good natured yeah. and i think we i don't really i don't really do twitter I, tw- I, I don't do twitter very much so uh, i do like to go on and every so often when frankson put a a little chirp back to me about warming up. I love it. I absolutely love it. They're a great bunch. And uh, mm. yeah, but they still need to warm up. But joking aside, <laughs> that's a great, great effort to raise money for, for that cause. That's, mm. that's good on them. Good on them. Here, here. Fantastic. Are Frankton, are Frankton the only club that you haven't pissed off, James? Um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't no, think it's really more like that. I think, I, think, I think they just, I think... <laughs> I think they, I don't know, I'd, I'd like to think that they get my sense of humour, which um, okay. is uh, it's a bit niche, as we found. 
Um, but yeah, the final thing that I want to finish with, uh, uh, which I think is really important, really, uh, Shelton have announced that on the 17th of July this, of this year, their games against Sentinel 1st and 2nd 11 will be dedicated to mental health and well-being awareness in connection with opening up cricket. Something that I think is a great initiative, um, opening up cricket, someone who we're very close with here. And obviously we've had them on the podcast and we've had many chats with and obviously everyone around this Zoom having been affected with mental health and well-being issues in, in various ways. And yeah, it's something that we can get behind. And I, well, yeah, I was thinking, is this something that we could maybe, uh, I don't know, unofficially as a podcast, try and get everyone in Shropshire to kind of rally around and everyone else around Shropshire to have Mental Health and Wellbeing Awareness Day on this 17th of July. See if we can get all the Shropshire clubs to do it. And maybe even we can do some podcasts during that week and get the uh, opening up cricket lads and some other people. See if we can get some other people who want to talk about mental health as well during that week and really kind of open up the debate. James, I think it was an initiative, wasn't it, that was tried last season. Um, obviously, it didn't mm. go ahead because obviously large gatherings and all that. Yeah. Um, but fantastic to see um, Shelton promoting this with Sentinel again. Mm. Um, I think one or two clubs have already joined in, haven't they, on Twitter? I think all Scott, I'm not sure who they were playing, but I think all Scott have said that they're going to be doing the same. Um, and I think the plans are very much in place, aren't they, in terms of exposure to try and get as many clubs as possible around Shropshire to dedicate it, um, mm. dedicate the, the game on that day. Mm. Um, seven, what was it, 17th of July, I think you said. Yeah, like you said, it's fantastic that. Um, yeah. I reckon a lot of the clubs in Shropshire will, will join us on that day to promote I, it. I have to say as well um, on the podcast that Shelton do a lot of great things for the community and for charity and also things like, well, initiatives like this. And I think it's absolutely fantastic. And it's a credit to the job that they're doing, really getting, you know, doing all these things. And, you know, you see them raising money for children who are, in, who are part of the club community <laughs> and other things like that, Andy. Yeah, they're they're a very tight knit group uh, there at Shelton, and uh, uh, I know uh, Matty Morris on one of our groups on uh, on WhatsApp, and uh, some of the stuff they, they they do, and and some of the stuff they come out with is fantastic. I, I think they do a great job, um, and obviously they're very close with with Sentinel. I noticed that as a Sentinel player, and I, I just think I couldn't think of anything better. And I, I think they've done a a great job and. I'm looking forward to it, actually, because it's my birthday on the 17th of July. So um, I'm pretty sure I'll pop down to Shelton and uh, put some money in a pot and have a few beers with them. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to it. And uh, I wish them the best of luck with that after a, a tough year last year, losing one of their mm. own. So, uh, yeah, it's going uh, to be a good occasion. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be a great day. And hopefully all the clubs around Shropshire can get behind it and maybe even the league can get behind it as well. I know that we'll definitely be supporting it and uh, we'll try and do as much as we can to help raise awareness. So anyway, let's move ourselves on to the main news. The Shropshire County Cricket League divisions for 2021 and their fixtures. Here we go. So since we last met, quite a few things have been going on. Teams have moved up and down the divisions and the 2021 fixtures have been announced. So first things first, guys, it's been announced that Knockin have been relegated from Division 1. And we'll be playing their trade in Division 2. Thoughts on that? Um, I think we kind of expected it, didn't we? I think on the last podcast, we sort of mentioned that it might sort of happen. Um, it doesn't surprise me. Um, obviously, knocking a struggle in the last 
season or two. Um, and look, they've obviously got their reasons for wanting to sort of regroup and start again in Div 2. And I've got to be honest, I don't have a problem with that. Um, yeah, for, for um, me, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see... Sorry, Jeff, I've cut, I've cut you off. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, it'll be interesting to see their mindset in, in Division 2 because if, if they were to be promoted straight back up, it makes a mockery of what they've done to me because, you know, why did you go down in the first place? Nothing against Lockheed. I love Lockheed as a club. They're a great club, one of my, one of my favourite clubs. I, I love playing against them. But, um, yeah, there's, there's obviously some... They're obviously not the force they were some years ago for them to, to ask to be relegated. Mm. Um, whether it's losing... I don't know they've lost key players. I, I'm struggling to see that. But um, they've got the reasons. As Jay says, I have no problem with it. Um, I'll be interested to see what their mindset is this year. So before we go on to who's replaced them in Division 1, Andy, if you were the captain of knocking, what strategy would you be looking to play in Division 2? Would you just see it as a clean slate and try and bring through the youth or would you just try and put out your strongest side and try and get promoted? What what what, what angle would you think that knocking are going to take this season? Well, I'm uh, I'm gutted to see him uh, drop down a level, actually. Um I think uh, when all this, the, the reformation of the leagues happened, we all said that teams would end up in the place where they belong. And it, it saddens me to see something like that happen when you've got the likes of the likes of Beacon. I mean, obviously, Jamie's been in there and they've found it very tough. But I think you, sometimes you need to grind it out. And, um, you know, to see him get relegated, it's going to be interesting to see what they're like next season. And as Joss says, it's going to be a very interesting situation to see if they are in a, contention to go up what will happen but I think the only thing I could see is a possible rebuild um, I mean Condover uh, they went down what, what the division five weren't they division five yeah but I noticed looking at Condover they didn't lose a great deal of players so I think they were a bit disappointed how, how low down they were well they're they? heading back up the leagues now, so they? they are now heading back up the leagues and, and they'll end up where they belong uh, but yeah, I'm looking at knocking. If I was their captain, I don't know if they're doing a rebuild or not, but it's just a good good chance to bring the kids through now. And that's what I hope they do. I hope they don't just go, right, we'll play the same team as last year and uh, and win a league. Um, I mean, to be fair, the gap between Division 2 and Division 1 isn't great isn't, anyway. No. It's not... Well, the bottom half anyway. Yeah, I think that's fair. The bottom half is similar to sort of Division 2. Yeah, I think the top half is... Yeah, yeah, yeah good point. Yeah, good point. Yeah. But as, as Joss has actually said before... Um, you know, uh, I've heard about, I've heard the one, there's one move. Um, I know of a, one of their players going to Sentinel, but apart from that, I've not really heard about much movement. And I know they found it probably hard last season or maybe the season mm. before. But all, a lot of clubs have struggled. I mean, you look mm. at Beacon, and I know Jamie's um, left now, but, you know, they found it really tough last year, even though it was a, a friendly season. They found it really tough. So, and they've stuck at it. And at the end of the day, if you're destined to go down, you'll, you'll go down. It's a season. Mm. It's, it's surprising for me because I've always thought of knocking as such, well, not even thought. You can see they're a very well set up club. They're very well run. They've got hundreds of kids who turn up to the junior sessions. You know, they've got four teams. It's a wonderful ground. It's a wonderful place to play cricket. So to see them in this situation is quite, quite surprising. And, has it got? Uh, has it got the opportunity to backfire, Jay? Well, yes, um, but I think it's difficult for us to say because we don't know what sort of team that they're going to be putting out. 
you know, we don't know how many kids that they are going to play. And if it is, a, if it is um, a team entirely of sort of 15 to 17, 18-year-olds, or should we say maybe two-thirds of a team that age, then in any division, that's, that team is going to struggle, whether it's one, two, three, or maybe even lower, because they're just inexperienced. Um, so I think it's difficult to say. Um, I think you, you could say that they're on a slightly sort of downward spiral because they obviously want to get relegated. I think that would be a fair comment. So you do have to stop it. You do have to stop a downward spiral. It's happened in the past. Um, but I think it, it depends on, on what sort of team they're going to put out. What I would say is that knocking, they haven't recruited many players, have they, over the last couple of seasons? And what they have done is lost a couple. So obviously maybe Steve Gray, sort of three years ago. Young Tom Dix went to Shrewsbury, didn't he? I think last season or season before. And it seems to be a club that is, is not recruiting much but are promoting within but there's only so far that can take you until these um these young lads are experienced enough and confident enough to actually achieve things on a saturday rather than have the potential to achieve yeah uh, very wise words there jay um but i, th- I think you know, we say it's sad to see knocking like this let's not forget they've still got four teams and they're knocking they're a little village in the middle of nowhere with all due respect mm-hmm. to knocking they've still got four teams they've got a great youth setup from what i can gather so it's not all doom and gloom. They're, they're, perhaps their top team aren't quite what they were, you know. But but I take on board what Jay's saying about feeding from within and not recruiting is mm-hmm. perhaps something that does need to be addressed. But they are still a very healthy club for me. Beautiful club as well. I've just got to say that. I, I love playing there. Beautiful ground, beautiful pavilion. Um, yeah, let's, let's just hope they can... Uh, produce these youngsters and get back to where they belong? Just on recruitment. I mean, it's a fantastic place to play, isn't it? You know, it's a nice deck, lovely scenery. Right, absolutely um, fantastic, right. fantastic clubhouse as well. Obviously, fantastic mm. tees if they ever come back. I mean, that's a different Great topic, group of but... people. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I don't think there's things stopping. What, what sorts are like? One of the best post-match pubs in the circuit. Absolutely unbelievable pub afterwards. Uh, it's, uh, it's just worth it. runs there, so the bowling attack can't be very good. <laughs> <laughs> Squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Just um, yeah, I mean, like we were just saying, I mean, one of the things is, do you think this is more of a casualty due to the fact of everything that's happened with the Birmingham League dropping these teams down and Division One becoming that much harder because of teams coming down from the Prem, the second eleven teams being pushed up and everything like that. Do we think that this is where we may see teams like, you know, your Beacons, your Alberbreeze, your Ponsbreeze, you know, I mean, Ponsbury, to be honest, have done really well in recent years, so probably not them. But I mean, definitely your Alberbreeze of this world, kind of it's something to be worried about if you were them, Andy? Yeah, um, I mean, you look at the uh, strength of the second teams now, uh, playing against Shrewsbury Twos last year, just seeing the strength they've got. Um, since coming back from the Birmingham League, uh, it, it just looks to me like the league's getting stronger and, and Division 1 just looks a whole lot stronger with the likes of Wellington 2s, oh, uh, Warfield 2s in there as well, aren't they? Mm. Warfield 2s, you know, yeah. they're all looking stronger and that, and that is one thing that is going to be the demise of, of village clubs because uh, village clubs are going to, pro- well, possibly lose players. The likes of Albury have lost youngsters to Wellington, haven't they, in the past few years? And yeah. big clubs are always going to do well because they've got great coaching, they've got great catchment areas. Like, as you say, knocking, they've probably lost a few players in the past, haven't they? So, yeah, I reckon that, you know, clubs coming down from the Birmingham League, the, from the reserve division, 
has definitely shaken up the, the Shropshire League without a shadow of a doubt. But if, you, if you look at the wider picture, you know, it's strengthening Shropshire cricket, which is surely a good thing. Obviously, if it results in the demise of village clubs, no one wants to see that. That's terrible. But the wider picture is the strength of cricket is is better for it, surely. I couldn't agree. Thing. I couldn't agree more with that. That's, that's right. And if it means Albury or Beacon or whoever gets relegated to Division mm. because they're not good enough to survive in Division One, mm. they'll play their trade in Division Two. Club, clubs, cricket's better. Clubs will find their level, like we say. I mean, yeah. when they did the restructure, we all said, "Okay, or oh, maybe they shouldn't have been in that league. Maybe they should have been in that league. Maybe they shouldn't have been." And it, it would all, you'll all end up where you belong, you know, and and like double promotions and. That you'll see, you'll see if they're at the right call this season, won't you? So mm. it's um, it's going to be interesting, and I, I wish knocking the best of luck. I really do, and I hope they produce loads of kids because they're a great club, mm. uh, and it's horrible to see clubs struggle. So I wish them all the best. What I would say is that I don't think you want the gap in between divisions to to turn into a massive difference. You know, um, it's already a massive jump between sort of Prem and Div One, which you sort of understand, and we've touched on sort of bottom half of Division 1 and Division 2 being, being similar, but what if your Wellington 3s and your Worfield 3s and St George's or whoever, they get more youngsters and their third teams get, you know, climb higher up the leagues and then these village clubs get pushed even lower. Don't want the gap to become too big, but I don't know how you stop it, where you stop it, when you stop it. Um, so, I, you know, I just, I don't think you want a massive difference between Division 3 no. and Division 4. I don't think you want that to be the case because it will put teams off wanting to be promoted. Yeah. I mean, you look at, well, luckily, Worfield 3s are in Sunday Div 1 and they, well, but they, win, it, yeah, they win it every year. But, I mean, I think, I think there's also a possibility that you've got players who will end up, whoever's the last of the village clubs left in Division 1 may end up acquiring all the best village players <laughs> who, who who want to come to that certain club maybe um it's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens i definitely i think division one you know and like we said that bottom that bottom group of three or four it's as we're going to go on to in a minute when we talk about the fixtures you know it's they're very much every game's a crunch game when they're each playing each other it's like its own mini league and that is very similar to division two so Anyway, as we're talking about Division 1, as knocking had been relegated, this means that a slot in Division 1 was up for grabs. And that place has been taken up by none other than Joe Yap's Kund CC. An ideal start to his tenure and 100% record for predictions for you, Joss. Yeah, I, I'm glad you said that, James, because yes, I think you'll, you probably all recall on the last podcast, I did predict Kund would win Division two. I wasn't aware it'd be quite as quickly as they did, but I'll take it and I'll gloat. <laughs> Fantastic uh, start to his tenure, and uh, not even a game played and a promotion. Uh, that's that's some going as a as a Kund captain, as you'd know, Andy. Yeah, well, I was known as the relegation king, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> um, I said to Joe, I said, "Bloody hell, maybe I should have moved to Kund and become captain. I might have got a win under my belt." But um, now uh, I actually. Uh, if you listen back to the old, the, the other podcasts, um, I uh, I predicted that that this would happen. It couldn't be the club that got have gone up. Um, I think a couple of clubs might have been frustrated with the fact that it couldn't have gone up. But at the end of the day, I think it was the right thing, the right call. 
Um, they've definitely strengthened as well. And I've um, I've decided this year I'm going to be uh, first team and uh, coach at Kun this year. So <laughs> I, I'm I'm looking forward to coaching the boys. What are you laughing at, Jamie? Sorry, sorry, nothing, nothing. I was just laughing at my phone. Sorry. <laughs> no, um, I've decided to do a lot of coaching and go and do do a lot of one-on-one coaching at Kund, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. And, uh, and I hope they can uh, rebuild and and become a strong side in Division One uh, next year. And you never know; they might push. Yeah, there was a bit of. I think there was a few people from Sentinel who made their uh, voices known about that, that. I think they thought that they should have gone up, obviously, given how they had, well, the season they had last year, Andy? I just, the, the, the one thing with that was, the, the debate was the fact that there was two split leagues and mm. Lillishaw and Sentinel, whoever you picked, there was going to be one side that would have been annoyed mm. and disgruntled by it. It, it, just, it just made absolute sense. And I think the league got it completely right, in my opinion. There is, everyone has an opinion. I don't know what you think, Joss, but you know, or you, Jamie, but in my opinion, the right call was made. They've strengthened as well. Um, and again, at the end of the season, we'll see where they finish up and if it was the right call or not, won't we? Because if it was a wrong call, they'll be back in Division 2, won't they? Uh, absolutely, and, and I agree. It was absolutely the right call from the league because um, it was great that we played cricket last year, but I don't think we can read too much into results because there were the clubs that experimented a little bit because of the nature of the cricket that was being played. But Kund were the last team to be relegated, if you like. So, therefore, mm. it was the right, the right choice. Especially, you know, the league can look at what's going on at the club. You know, they, they've got Joe back as a huge, huge bonus for them. He's recruited quite wisely. And, you know, they, they could well compete in Division 1. Mm. It makes them a bit more of an attractive prospect, doesn't it, as well, for players who may not have thought about signing for them when they were going to be Division 2 side, but now they're Division 1 side. Maybe that opens a few more doors, Jay. Yeah, possibly. What I would say is that we're nearly in March now, so I, I think if people were going to move, they would have by now. So I actually think for Kun's sake, it's probably come a little bit too late. Mm. Um, you know, I know they're interested in one or two players that have already moved this winter, and it may have swayed them to join Kund if, if they were in Division 1 but um, it is what it is I know Joe's happy with it Kund are obviously happy with it um, and like the two two lads said um, you know we wish them all the best all the best with it you know they are they're certainly a Division 1 club but I can understand why there's some frustration elsewhere I think the, I really, the, really the criticism Jamie was uh, I, and I've heard it from a few people is that Kund they did play pretty much their strongest outfit last season all season yeah. Um, which which will frustrate teams because they'll go oh well yeah but they played but they've signed so many players that I'm pretty sure the league had a look and, and understood. I mean, obviously we talk about it on the podcast, which probably helps the committee look into things. The committee listen to this and they probably hear about the transfer rumours and it probably did help. But I mean, well, right really, we run we run Shropshire cricket really. Don't we? <laughs> <laughs> I think James. As if the committee James don't hate actually, me, as if the people in Shropshire and the committee don't hate me enough, this is going to get Mr. Hill wonders, Fab. <laughs> Mr. Hill does think he is Mr. Shropshire, but uh, fuck? you know. <laughs> going back to what we were talking about two seconds ago, was the league before last season did say that none of the standings would have an impact on 
anything next season. Uh, and that's, that's, I think that's the main thing that they had to go with. I think they were just last season for however, what it was, I think it was just completely ignored to an extent. Um, but I think, you know, it's, so this is definitely going to impact our hierarchies and I'm really looking forward to hearing them on the next episode, which is the big one, you know, the pre-season preview. We'll revisit these Harrison's hierarchies and we'll uh, pick our new team. So Joss, you'll have to pick a new winner for Division 2 and Jamie, you'll have to account for Kunz playing in Division 1 and uh, it's going to be really interesting. Anyway, the 2021 Shropshire County Cricket League fixtures were released and with it, a new sense of expectation and excitement. So we're now going to have a look at the key fixtures for every one of our divisions, starting with Jamie and Division 1. So, James, I've picked out two fixtures on the opening day um, that I actually think these four clubs will really want to sort of set a precedent, set a market, um, you know, for, for, for their season. So I've gone for Chirk, first 11, versus St George's, first 11. Um, like I predicted in the last podcast in Harrison's hierarchy, um, I think St George's in particular will be right up there. Um, so I think they will be looking to place that, that, that marker down and really sort of set their stall out um, to have a, a really, really good season. And similar to Chirk as well. Again, Chirk, someone I've not actually seen yet, fortunately. Um, but the things that I hear, um, I think they'll be looking to have a good season as well. And the other opening day fixture is Newtown, first 11 versus Wellington, Second eleven, I think that's a good opening day fixture as well. And similar to to Chirp and St George's, I think those two will be looking to you know set that mark, set the precedent, and, and sort of build some momentum um, going into the first half of the season or the first stage of the season. Yeah, definitely some interesting fixtures in Division One. But uh, throughout the season, what ties do you think, Jamie, are going to be the the season defining games or even the ones that we should be looking out for? Well, I think at the top end, you know, the clubs that I've just mentioned, Schiffnall, St. George's. I mean, I do. I think Schiffnall will win it. Um, but I think St. George's, Chirk, like I said, Newtown, Wellington, I think they'll be right up there. Worthfield, perhaps, as well. I think, you know, it'll go a long way to, define, to deciding who gets promoted, um, you know, with, with those sides playing against each other. I think there is a bit of a, a division in the league in terms of, I think, the top half is a lot stronger than the bottom half. Um, so I do think, Whoever comes out on top in those games will finish in the top two, three. I mean, we don't know how many get are getting promoted, do we, or relegated, of course. Towards the bottom, you know, your Ponsbury's, your Oldbury's, your Beacons. Again, we don't know how many teams are going to go down, but I, I do think that those games, um, when they play each other, I think they're going to be real sort of blockbusters, six-pointers, if you like, or yeah. 48-pointers, if you like, in cricket. Mm. Um, so I, I do think there is, there is a division in the league, if you know what I mean. Um, and I think whoever comes out on top against their sort of rivals for, for their league position, I think. I think um, yeah, yeah I, think, a- I think you're right, Jay, but I'm not sure it's a 50-50 split on the, on the, uh, the divide within the division. I think, the, I think there's eight or nine vying for the top spot and two or three or three or four for the bottom spot. Mm. It's... It's definitely going to be interesting. Like you said, Alberbury, uh, I mean, from an Alberbury point of view, I was looking at the fixtures for our first team and you're, you're thinking, right, we can pick up a win there. Can we scrape some of it here? And, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. And that final, final game of the season, if we, if we go to the final game, it's some really interesting ties that really kind of, 
it's, if things go to the final game of the season, it's going to be a really interesting game there, AJ. Well, it is. You know, Beacon v Oberberry, that could be massive um, towards maybe the bottom half of the league, towards the bottom end. And then St George's v Schiffnell, I mean, that is an absolute blockbuster, last day blockbuster. Um, you know, we mentioned the likes of Court and Worfield, when they come, come up against each other towards the end of the season in the Premier Division, I think Schiffnell and St George's on the last day of the season. Um, you never know, that could be a winner-takes-all game as well. Mm. Um, but like I said, I think Schiffnell will win the division. Um, but those fixtures sort of stand out to me. Like I said, I think you know, when you play against your rivals, um, they will decide who goes up and who stays up. But it is interesting to know that we don't, obviously we don't know how many are going to go down or up. So They could end up being dead rubbers. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Joss, from yeah. another person from from Alberbreed's point of view, what what are your thoughts looking at the these set of fixtures from an let, let's say well a club like teams here in the similar position as Alberbury? Um, I, I think Alberbury are going to have a tough season this year, um, especially if you continue playing the first James. They're, they're obviously. <laughs> I shouldn't be nowhere near any team's first eleven. I think um, that's already been. No, that, that's a joke. I, I think. I think if I'm honest, we're going to struggle. Um, it's a really negative attitude, I know. And um, you know, we've got Sammy Morris in charge, and I hope he he does a grand job. But um, it's going to be a baptism of fire for him because it's a tough division. There's some very, very good teams up there. But like Jay was saying, that the. the you need to look to beat the teams around you. I mean, I don't want to sound harsh on these teams, but probably Beacon. We're going to look, we've got to, if we can do the double over Beacon, that'll stand us in good stead. Perhaps Ponsbury, if we can get a couple of results over them, it might help us. But, you know, Schiffnell, Newtown, Worfield Seconds, they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough. They're not season-defining games, those. They're not season-defining games. It's when you not, play the teams yeah. around you. Yeah, exactly. I think so that's what I'm saying when we play Beacon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if, if, you, if you're Alberbreeze, your Beacons, and teams like that pick up points against these teams who we expect to be at the top, that's, that's, that's like... That's it's all a bonus. It's, it's, it's a such bonus. a bonus. Such a yeah, bonus. Yeah. And it's... I mean, let's, let's talk to Kun's new first-team head coach... Andy, a baptism <laughs> of fire for you, for your team. Well, starting away at Bridge North second 11, then at home to Schiffnell second 11, and then following week away to Wellington second 11 before welcoming Werfield Twos, who possibly, the, the well, it's hard to say it's the easiest of the four because they're all strong sides, but uh, you're definitely going to know where and whereabouts Kund are going to be this season after that, aren't you? Uh, it's going to be a, a tough start to the season, that for the boys. But uh, at the end of the day, it's I think I think it's a real strong league now. I think um, you look since the re the restructure. I think Division One's as strong as it's been since the start of that, really. And I just think for Kund, they've got the experience come back. I mean, Callum Marsh has come back from his stint at Sentinel, um, mm. and he proved in the first team how good he is. Joe's a a great leader, very good captain, probably one of the best captains I've ever played for. Um, and he's come in and he's without a doubt um, a standard above that, that level. Uh, but again, it's how they gel as a team. As mm. we say, with new players coming in, will it take time for them to gel? I think it probably will. 
Um, but I'm pretty sure, I reckon he can get a couple of wins out of them first four mm. games, in my I opinion. Mean, I, 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 I mean, couldn't this, it will all be about stability this season and maybe a mid-table finish. I know they'll probably want more, but um, I think staying in Division 1 is, is the key. And I think for clubs like Alberbury, uh, Ponsbury, Beacon, as you say, they, they need to pick the teams around them. Uh, and it's, it's almost like a six-pointer, like they say in the, in the football. Um, they need to beat the teams around them to, to get to safety, really. So it's, it's going to be a great league, really interesting. There's some real strong teams in Division 1. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting, especially with, you know, your Callum Marshes and your Joey Apps. They're, you know, they could win some of these games for Kunz on their own and they're going to be really big players this season for Kunz and it's going to be interesting. You've got players, you know, like Matty Hartshorn, a seasoned Division One veteran now and uh, he, he'll be opening the bat into that, only solidifies that at the top and let's move ourselves on to the division they should have been, well, they were originally going to be playing in. And uh, Division 2 with Joss Elliott. So, yeah, I, I've been looking at the fixtures, uh, opening weekend of fixtures. The ones I picked out are um, Knockin, who, who were originally still in Division 1, away at Ellesmere. So they're, they're sort of um, revisiting their Division 1 fixture because... Ellesmere were relegated in 2019, pre-COVID, when Knocking survived, obviously. Knocking mm. have now chosen to come down, so it'll be an interesting fixture. See, so I'll, I'll, I'll be keeping my eye on that one, see how that one goes. So Knocking Fair in Division 2. And the, the other game I picked out on the end of the season is Chelmarsh against Lillishaw. Now, Lillishaw, I believe, from memory, won every game last year. Mm. Uh, albeit the regionalised COVID-affected year. But nevertheless, they won every game, which is a great achievement. And they'll be looking to build on that this year. Chelmarsh, a club on the up. Obviously, Conor Glendening is a huge factor in that. I'll be following their progress with, with a lot of interest because um, I don't know a lot about the club, but they're obviously, they're obviously on the up, big style. And um, I'd like to see how, how Conor fares in Division 2. And how the club how the club do so um them against the sort of pick that out as well for the opening game. And mm. um, what games do you think we should be looking out for as the season progresses? What are going to be the season defining games? Well, so for me, the following week, week two of the season, is Sentinel seconds against Shelton seconds. Now, to me, that is a huge game. I believe Sentinel seconds will win the division, but I think Sentinel and Shelton have got a lot in common at the moment. You know, they've both got their first in the Prem, they've both got their second in, in Div 2, both shows be based. So there's probably a bit of friendly rivalry between them. I think that that could be a, a division-defining game in Week 2, and obviously the reverse fixture 12 weeks, 11 weeks later, whatever. That's one to look out for, I think. Yeah, definitely going to be interesting. You've got, I mean, Shelton first game is against Ultra Street 2, the two sides that came up. It'll be really interesting to see how... Oswestry do after last season. Obviously, their first had lost a few players and the twos ended up filling in in the Birmingham League. And they'll, well, now the the first have recruited, you know, the second team may be stronger, but, you know, there's there's rumours of a couple twos players leaving there, which we'll probably go on to later on. And like you said, I think that Ellesmere knocking game is going to be great. First game of the season, really see where certain sides are. And yeah, like you said as well, Chelmarsh mm. versus Lillishaw will really kind of, 
see how things are compared to last season. Now, going towards the end of the season, Joss, coming up to that final day, what, what should we be looking out for? Well, the game I picked out for the last game of the season is Schiffnall thirds against Shelton seconds, um, which goes against what I said about centre winning it, because obviously that's only a guess. I think both Schiffnall thirds and Shelton seconds are going to be up there in the running. And for that to be the last game of the season, I think could, especially, you know, maybe centre might have run away with the league, so this could define who comes second, you don't know. Might be a, a promotion place up for grabs. I think, you know, both both great clubs. Yeah, and Lillishaw versus Knocking could also have the potential to be a big game uh, towards the end of the season. And Andy, your thoughts on Division 2? Any games that are really taking your eye? Well, Joss, um, Joss said it really. Um, obviously, being a, an ex-Sentinel player, um, I, I know how strong the twos are. They've always been absolutely... They're so strong. You look at them, they're... A real strong team and uh, I remember turning up last year to support the boys uh, after they'd won the uh, won the league uh, at Shelton and I looked at the Shelton side as well and I thought oh they got a strong second team and with all their signings this season I think Shelton for me I think are probably going to be the team to beat so um, I think Shelton and Sentinel is the standout fixture in that league personally mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a real good good fight, that fixture. As a Shelton player then, Jay, you never know how the season may go. As a Shelton player, what, what games would you be looking at? Well, I think, I think in any league, like we've already said, I think it is the games that you come up against teams that are going to be in and around you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, you don't want to be slipping up against the teams that are, you know, in the bottom half of the league. Um, because, we, you know, we have seen in the past that every point does matter. You know, a couple of years ago, also first 11 stayed up by one point didn't they, in the Premier in the Premier League so every point matters but like I've said in in the Division 1 section I do think it's you've got to beat the teams in and around you um, and not slip up elsewhere if you want to if you want to win titles and win promotions I think a bit, a bit unlike Division 1 where we said it was a division of two well not even two halves but like two thirds yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no I think that's fair um, Division Division 2 is 
I don't know, would we say it's wide open or do we think? Yeah, I, I actually yeah. would, I actually would. And, and in, in my, um, in the last podcast where I, I left St. George's and Ludlow out of the top 10, they might, I hope they do prove me absolutely wrong. You know, they're, they're both massive clubs. They might be really strong. You know, anyone can beat anyone as far as I can see in, in that division. It's, it's a nice, it's a nice mix between former Div 1 sides, second 11, strong second 11 teams and also teams who are kind of on an upward trajectory and that's what's quite nice about this division too it kind of it feels like it's I don't know it's kind of like the emerging league really kind of thing do you know what I mean does that make sense but yeah I know exactly what you mean it looks to me like a a good competitive but friendly league I would like to think well okay I think that's it before we move on to the premier division let's move on to division three yeah, so this one's my division. So no introduction really needed here. I think the opening day here is really fantastic. There's lots of different games that really take the eye. I mean, you've got the two newly promoted sides, Wem versus Maidley, and given both how both went last season, that'll be a really interesting game. You never know, may see Andy Harrison's debut in that one. Newly well relegated. <laughs> Sorry, I was a bit slow on that. <laughs> newly relegated Welsh pool come up against Harpers and newly promoted Wheaton Aston against Wellington but my top picks here are going to be Newport seconds versus Old Brighton I think that's going to be a really really great game start of the season Newport and Old Brighton both had great season last year Old Brighton just come down from Division 2 well in 2019 so they'll be wanting to set their stall out and show that they're going to be pushing this year and against a team who you would expect will be up there with them. Then Roxeter, you know, Church Aston, it's that's it's kind of a derby that is now, given that they're sharing the same ground. But yeah, it'll be really interesting to see who comes out on top in the Avenue Derby, given that they're both sharing the grounds there. And be really interesting to see how Roxeter do, given all of the chat about their recruitment and them wanting to push back up the leagues again. Now, final day, it's, you know, it's all, it looks like it could all be set up and, Welshpool versus Newport and Willie versus Old Brighton are the two that I picked out there. I think those uh, that's going to be massive for the final game of the season. It's going to really, I'm, I'm assuming that they're probably going to be the people at the top of the table. And you've still got games like Wem seconds versus Wellington thirds. That's going to be a firecracker of a game if both of them are up the top and contending, which they can do. You know, as Andy said before we came on the podcast, Wem have really recruited well and you know there's going to be a lot of players who played first team cricket who are going to be playing twos aren't there and yeah it's uh it's going to be interesting they've strengthened really well um and you look at some of the players there some of the youngsters that have really developed over the years you know when I when I signed for the club I'm not taking anything for granted um there's no guarantees of playing first team cricket so there's there's bags of ability in that squad and it's only going to strengthen the, the, the second team the, the only thing that's uh a bit of a, an issue and a bit of, well, I won't say an issue, but it's a, a shame is, is the second in a, a league so below the, the, mm. the top league. It's going to be very difficult for players to, um, to, to make that jump up to the Birmingham League yeah. um, if you're playing in Division 3. Which well, hopefully you will eventually, Andy. You never know. You never know. I might have to take You'll a temper. Right, to get in. <laughs> <laughs> get in one, I might have to take a temper. Played there um, before, haven't you? <laughs> but no, it's... Um, He's unproven. <laughs> it, it, it's good. I mean, I, I'm absolutely relishing the opportunity of playing for such a great club, and uh, I think that uh, I, th- I think that 
me, Zimmer, going to Wem and, and overseas coming in like that every year. It just strengthens the squad and the twos mm. will, will, will be strengthened as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm looking forward to looking forward to playing and meeting all the players and seeing how strong their twos are because I believe they're they're very strong. Yeah. I mean, on the other end, final game of the season as well, you've got Frankton twos versus Maidley twos, you know, Maidley recently promoted, but also Frankton didn't do too great in 2019. But still, you know, they've recruited a few players as well. They may be better this year and you never truly know really. And Wheaton Aston, newly newly promoted as well against Church Aston, another team who kind of find themselves mid-table-ish. And Harpers, who were also, well, you say lower mid-table in 2019 against what could possibly be a very good Roxeter side. And it, it's again, it's one of these divisions that until it gets started, it, c- it could go many different ways, especially when you've got teams, you know, like your Wellington threes, your, your Wem twos and your Frankton twos and Maidley twos where in Newport twos, obviously where if they're first to recruit in, it's only going to improve their second 11s. And yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting league. I think whenever, you know, Willie, Old Brighton, Welshpool, Newport, Wem twos potentially, Rockstead, any of those teams come up against each other or Bright, you know, they're getting they're gonna be big games. But um yeah, I think that's uh anyone anyone else any other opinions on division three? I just think um don't underestimate Rockstar. I think I think they're a club on the up now. They've, their seconds are reformed and they're 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 a wounded animal. I think they're gonna be keen to to bounce back up. I know they were we're very disappointed to be relegated a couple of seasons ago, so that they'll be looking to to prove a point. And good luck to them. I hope, I hope they do. And and equally, all Brighton, I think, I think we'll we'll be looking to um to come back. You know, they've been they've been relegated a couple of times in recent years. They'll be looking to to stop the rot, if you like, prove a point mm. and get back get back on the bandwagon and uh, make their way back up. So I'm, I'll be looking out for those two clubs myself. Fantastic. We'll move ourselves on to our final division with a man with the Birmingham League ton. It's Andy Harrison and the Premier Division. Right, okay. Well, um, firstly, I just want to say that that's three fantastic leagues. Um, there's some great uh, potential coming through and uh, it's going to be a very exciting season. But with the Prem, looking at the fixtures, there's a couple of standout fixtures at the start of the season. And uh, as an ex central boy, um, I'll skirt Verse, um... <laughs> <laughs> looking Joss is looking stacked. Joss looks unbelievable. Joss looks stacked. He looks like Rocky Balboa. Joss, lad. Come on, let's have another look. Joss is looking Jesus like Christ. Mr. Universe. Oh, no, take it off. We want it off. Hey! Hey, it's like hey. Ronaldo. Do you want to see me top us? No. That was fucking brilliant, by the way. <laughs> I didn't even notice for a minute. Um, anyway, so, right. Carry so on, the, Prem, the Prem division, um, there's a couple of fixtures that really stand out. As an ex-Sentinel player um, and, and realising how many players they've lost, but they have also recruited very well. They're playing all skip first game of the season away from home. And I just think that's going to be a great start to the season, really. Um, I think Allscott are a team developing a good side. And uh, I think they're an up-and-coming side. They're, they're a team that are really progressing uh, and have signed well. So it's going to be interesting to see what Sentinel do with the new players uh, and, and with a sort of a new-look a new team. 
against a team that are really progressing really well. Uh, also, uh, Shrewsbury 2 is against Whitchurch. Whitchurch have obviously um, they've gained a few players and look like they've strengthened really well. Against the Shrewsbury 2's team that, again, all the youngsters have gained another year's experience. And I just, I think it, it, it looks like it'll be a fantastic fixture, that. Yeah, I mean, first, as, as well in that first game of the season, Wellington-Werfield, that's going to be a great game. Yeah, uh, to be fair, mate, Wellington last season, I, I, I didn't actually think they would win it, but they did. And I think, I think it, it's going to be very interesting to see how they, how they do it. Uh, how they how they go this season after last year? Mm. Um, I think they've they've got a great squad. No, there's no doubt about it. Mm. Um, have they strengthened? I, I haven't really heard a lot about Wellington. I think they probably do need to strengthen if they're going to uh, push this year. Mm. Um, but again, uh, Warfield or as I call them, Warfield, um, they're another side that I, I just I, I've played against them for years. They've lost a few players. They've gained a few. I don't know who they are. We'll see what they're like this year. It's going to be a very interesting fixture, and I agree with you bringing that fixture up. The, other, the two I said before, that fixture, they're great. Obviously, Shelton Quat's going to be a great start as well. I think Shelton are on the off. I mean, all, all the fixtures first first game of the season look look like good fixtures. Mm, really good, really good standard. Teams who are around the, you know, they're all teams that will be in and around each other, I'd say, in, in those opening fixtures. So yeah, it looks... Who who would you be looking at? What what games, Andy? Do you think are going to be these season definers? Something that we've been bringing up in all the other divisions. What do you think are going to be the the main ones, the key ones that are going to well for me make or break it? For me, I think um, looking at the signings Whitchurch made um, and Quat, I think will be the 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 game to watch. Um, but also, it's all good saying the game to watch is the, the teams at the top. I, I did predict Frankton and Ludlow to be the, the, the two teams at the bottom. And I just think that's a great fixture. Um, I think the bottom teams are great fixtures uh, to, to just see who, who's going to survive, really. And as Jamie and, uh, and Josh said about the likes of Albury, Pontsbury and, uh, and Beacon playing against each other and picking points up against each other. And I would also add Shelton and Oscar into that sort of four teams that really need to pick up them points playing against each other. So I, but I think them fixtures will be, will be massive in the season. Mm, I think looking at this opening day as well, something that you've just picked up there, obviously these teams that are around each other, but, you know, Maidley versus Frankton, two sides who have done a bit of recruitment. It'll be interesting to see how, how that game goes and see if it sets a precedent for how each, yeah. each team's season goes, really. I mean, Maidley obviously made the made the sign-in of James Ralph and have met, picked up a couple other big players. Do you think that they'll be wanting to set the stall out? And Well, I've, I've obviously I've bigged up mainly in the last, um, the last podcast. Again, it's all good signing players. It's whether they gel or not. Mm. Uh, the one thing with Frankton is, um, you know, as much as I've, I've taken a piss and had a bit of a laugh about the warming up and stuff, they're a tight-knit group. They're a group of friends. And um, I think sometimes that holds you in very good stead. Uh, and, and sometimes you can come up against a team that's better than you on paper and you can get the win. So it'll be very interesting. And I, I've heard that they're going to get an overseas Frankton as well. And that will strengthen them. And, and they do change sometimes with a, a good overseas. They do change. And, the, and they're very, as I say, a tight-knit group. And I think 
you know, it'll be interesting to see how they get on. I really hope they go well. Like, our predictions are predictions. They're nothing... Mm. It's, it's not that we dislike teams. Mm. I really like Franks. I think they're a great bunch, and I love playing against them. Um, but it, I think it's going to be a hard slog from this season. But I, mm. I really hope they prove me wrong. Yeah, I mean... Team spirit goes a long way, doesn't it, to be fair? Oh, 100%, 100%, 100%. So, going towards the end of the season, then, what are the games that are going to... What are the games oh. to look out for towards the end of the season? Well, there's one massive fixture um, at the end of the season, and it is uh, Quat Wellington. So that is a repeat of last year's final, um, which I think will be obviously an absolutely huge game. Um, whether or not they're going to be top two, I don't know. Um, in my opinion, I think Quat will, um, and they will be fighting to go up. Uh, so that's going to be a huge game. Uh, and... The other one that stands out to me is Shelton Allscott because, again, depending on how they get on, that could be the other end of the table. Um, again, I'm hoping for both teams it's not, but it could be the other end of the table fighting for a place in the league, depending on if one or two teams go down. Mm. Uh, but again, I mean, I, I just think it's a strong league. I think the league looks fantastic, and I, I really think there could be upsets. There could be... Teams that do better than we think. It's got so much potential, this league. There's so many mm. strong teams. Um, it's, it's, it's really, I mean, this is so difficult for me to, to judge mm. because the teams are so good. And with the new signings, you just don't know how they're going to get on. So, but I think them two fixtures are fixtures that stand out to me on the last game. Whitchurch, Warfield, uh, again, they're another, another fixture that, that, that will be a, a good mm. end of season. Some cracking fixtures, Frankton versus Newport, you know, all of them, basically, like you said. Now, we've spoken about the other divisions being 50-50s, two-thirds and things like this, or anything goes. Where would you rank the Premier Division in that? Where, where, how, would you, how would you rate it? Do you think there's a percentage of teams who would be in contention compared to those who would be mid-table? And how many would you think are going to be looking just to try and survive? Well, I think it's, it's a tough one, really, because... I, I really don't want to be disrespectful to teams here, but um, I almost think it's um, there's a there's a top four I see in this. There's a, another sort of four mid table, sort of uh, the, the next four, and then there's a lower four. That's what I see. Um, it, it's it's very difficult. I mean, the the issue is the mid table sides um, that I look at, uh, the likes of Newport. I would say. Um, Weirfield, they're, they're teams that I, I don't really know how they've recruited. I don't know what they're going to do. And the the thing is with the, the the Prem and my experience of it is, every team has players of experience that can win you a game of cricket. And there's also youth and like really good youth in in these clubs, and they again can win you a game. It. It's it's really difficult, honestly. It's so hard to judge, and I mean, it's it's horrible actually to to sit here and and judge teams. Um, and I hope they don't take any offence to what I say. Uh, but yeah, th I think there is three stages in this league. There's a top four, there's a middle four, and a, a bottom four. But I I, I reckon it, there could be a few changes in there. Mm. Jay, your thoughts as someone who's hoping that they'll be playing their trade in the Premier Division this season. Um, no, I think what Andy said is is correct. I think it will be the usual suspects at the top end of the league. Um, you know, naturally, I'm hoping to play a part in it if I can. Hopefully, we can get some some really good wins 
um, make sure we stay clear of that relegation zone. I think, um, you know, as a club, I know I wasn't involved, but we did okay last year. You know, we had a couple of really, really good results. Um, Shelton, talking about, of course. Um, but I think, like, like I've said a couple of times, I think, you know, the games against your Franktons, um, your Ludlows, these are going to be the, the big, big games. But um, I think we'll do okay. Um, I, Sentinel is interesting for me. You know, they've obviously been spoken about a lot. You know, they've lost, um, you know, four or five really good established players, but they have recruited well in the last couple of weeks. Mm. Um, another, there's another player or two as well that we can speak about later on in the transfer section. But I think it'll be interesting. You know, it's a division that I've not played in for seven, eight years. Um, so, you know, if selected. Um, I'll be looking to see what, what some of these teams are about because I hear a lot of Andy and it'd be nice to see it first-hand if we can get a game. I just, just want to say, uh, Jamie, actually, I see, obviously Sentinel have um, got an overseas player coming over this year. And I just think that's one thing that like, Sentinel have lacked the last few years as a player playing at yeah, the club yeah, yeah. Um, that will propel them to that next level. Um, I mean, the Birmingham League season we had in Birmingham for, uh, 3, Obviously, signing to a new club, I, I couldn't see. I, 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 they had Elliot Hitch in the year before, when they got promoted, who scored what I think eight hundred runs and took a lot of wickets, what and he was a very, very good player. But obviously, not having an overseas when I came, I was a bit surprised, and I think it makes a big difference. And I really do. I think in that league, that every club gets an overseas. So, I think we've actually done really well as a club the last four years when I've been there. Uh, not having an overseas, we have had overseas players, but they've not yeah, been yeah. of great, great potential. Like they haven't been the top overseas. Like you look at the clubs like Wem, uh, like Mungaroo, watching Mungaroo playing in the um, South African T20, yeah. Yeah. you know, bowling top at high 80 mile an hour. This they've signed real talent, like top, top players. Um, so uh, it's going to be interesting. I really hope the overseas does well. And that can be a massive difference. And I mean, Frankton is the team I always talk about. They are a team that really do sign good overseas. And they're such a tight-knit group. And it works well, doesn't it? So it's going to be I think, you know, in, in the Premier Division, you want your overseas um, to be a match winner, don't you? You, you? you want him to be able 100%. to win you a couple of games. You want him to almost be your best player. Yes, of course, you want them to fit in at the club, maybe do some junior coaching and all that. Um, that is, of course, important. But I think in the Premier Division, I think, you know, the, the, the main factor is you want them to be performing on the field. And like you said, it perhaps hasn't been the case for Sentinel um, in the last couple of years. So hopefully um, this time around, they've got that, that match with that I think you need. And, you know, you, you mentioned Mungru and whatnot. I know recently he's played, hasn't he, in South Africa yeah. T20 or whatever. Um, there's been some fantastic think, players in yeah. the Premier Division. Overseas. I mean, it, it, I hate I hate to say it that clubs need overseas. I don't I don't see it as that. That's not you know my opinion on overseas players. But um, I think to progress to that next level, it, it's it's huge for a club when you get overseas. I remember a classic example of Manny Singh at Werfield. Yeah, was a fantastic coach. And a fantastic player. Um, and I just think they bring a lot to a club. Um, You've mentioned in the past that, you know, using Frankton again as an example, that the Frankton lads raise their game when they have a quality overseas. You know, 
you know, we mentioned the team spirit, which is great, but they do, they raise their game. You know, me and myself at Beacon, when we have an overseas, you know, I, yeah. I enjoy playing with an overseas. I, I, I'm not going to say I try harder because that's, that's, that's wrong. That's not right. But you do subconsciously almost put a little bit more in. You know, you want to, you know, you want to impress with the overseas. You want to have a big partnership with the overseas. Mm. You want to bowl in tandem with the overseas. I just think it brings the best out, or a good overseas brings the best out of, out of um, yourself and your teammates as well. I think it's massive. I totally it? agree. Totally agree. You know, it'd be interesting to see if, if Sentinel have got it right this season. It looks it probably looks a little bit looks a better signing on paper, doesn't it? Um, yeah. From 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 what we know, but um, well, I really hope he, uh, he. I hope he does the biz, and uh, I'm sure there'll be some other great overseas in the in the prem as well, as long as they can get over here with, mm. with COVID. Well, that was I was going to ask that. Have we heard anything about that? I mean, I suppose at the moment it's all. It's all fine. It's all above board. Um, yes, it'd be the old hotel, the hotel room check-ins for a while, and then, and then when they're ready, they can come over. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that all pans out. I mean, finally, the would other you thing... want to come over? Even now, would you want to come over? Obviously, these lads do. It's supposed to be interesting. I guess they're all. We're all keen. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> how much are you getting paid, Joss, by Albury? Paid to run. So fuck all. <laughs> so fuck all. <laughs> You get a fiver a season. And yes. you're going to be paid to stay away, Link, from Wem. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing about Andy's wages from Wem is they'll go straight back into that big bar that they've got, so they'll be... <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you don't get paid any 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 uh, money to score runs in the threes and take me into the free <laughs> Yeah, so the final thing that was announced along with the fixtures is the Premier Division to Division 5 are going to be uh, 50-50, win-lose, win-lose, draw. Uh, Sunday Div 1 and 2 and Division 6 are 100% win-lose and Division 7 is all win-lose except the regional games which are win-lose draw. The Premier Division are going to be playing 50 overs. Division 1, 2 and 3 are going to be playing 45 overs and the rest is 40. So, Joss, good decision there? Are you happy with that? I don't think, I don't think it's a surprise. Um, I, I'm happy with it personally to play 40 overs. So yeah, no no massive surprise. I, I perhaps did think that um, there'd be 40 overs in um, Division 1 at Ketara, but, um, but the, the win-lose draw, I'm not surprised at all. I've made my feelings quite clear about how I feel about that win-lose draw and win-lose. Yes, yeah, um, you're boring. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Tumbleweed. <laughs> Good. But... Um, but yeah, um, no real surprise there. Uh, Hurley, I'm I'm a bit surprised the top league isn't fifty. Prem um, is fifty. It is. No, the Prem, no division one as well. Prem's fifty. I, I, I thought I thought division one would stay at fifty. We'll be back to fifty, but hasn't been fifty um, for ages. Is um so is it still down? Captain's discretion. Can they agree forty or thirty-five? I'm really I'm clocked that. I don't know. Possibly, I think it's it's one of those where if you can, you've got to play these these overs. Really, I think yeah. I think for the lower divisions, if you can't agree, you have to go with what the league stipulated. Generally. Yeah, I think forty overs for everything below Division Three is spot on. Uh, I don't know enough about Division Three to say whether forty would be preferable there, but I think obviously forty-five is I think is about right for Division One, two, two and three, and I don't know. I, mean, I, I probably won't be playing much above Division 5 anyway, but um, 40 over suits me. Mm. 
Give I think us... it's all what we expected, isn't it? You know, Premier Division 50 overs, I think that's absolutely bang on. Um, Division 1, 2, 3, 45, I think that's, I think that's right. I think that's right. So I think it's what we expected. Any surprises there? I think the league's gone on what they got from the votes as well. I think that Division 7, um, I know we don't really talk about it too much, but they were, they voted 50-50 that they wanted the win-lose draw. So they've got that in the regionals. Whereas, I don't know, I'm quite surprised Division 5's 50-50 because, you know, given how successful win-lose was last season... Do you think it could could have gone higher than that? Do you think it could have gone to say like a division one or two, or do you think that win lose was net a full season of win lose was never on the cards? I don't think it was ever really on the cards. I mean, personally, and I'm sure Andy particularly agrees that I think in division one you could easily get away with win lose. Um, two and three, probably I'd say it's probably up to the clubs, but I think I think the league could have. Um, could have put it in Division One themselves, actually. From being honest, I um I agree um, with you, Jamie. With um with that, I think the higher leagues should be win lose. In in my personal opinion, I know it's only my personal opinion, but I just think the lower you go, I do think it actually does develop cricketers better yeah, playing yeah, yeah, win lose draw cricket because you can bat out a game, and you can learn to stay at the crease. It, it, there is certain things that it does work for, uh, but I think the higher you go up, I think. Win lose is is for me just proper cricket. Just you know, you play to win. If you're not winning a game, you might as well just have a go. Um, that it, it did frustrate me in the past playing games where teams bat out for a draw, um, especially when they can win. Teams mm. have been in positions to win and gone. Well, we're not good enough. We'll just bat out for a draw, and it, it it's a, it's a, it ruins a game. So yeah. Well, I, I'm quite pleased that the league have stuck with the 50-50 split. I think I think it's good. It's definitely better because I think it, it just I think it I actually think the 50-50 split Joss has proved how good win lose is. I think a lot of people will turn towards that, in my opinion. Mm. In the yeah, field. they've been swayed a little bit now. They've now I, they've I know loads. Of, I know I know a lot of people that have said to me it's got to be win-lose in the next few years. So that's, mm. I mean, I, I, I agree though, with lower level cricket, I think should stay 50-50, in my opinion as well. I think last year was a very revolutionary year for many things. You know, the win-lose draw debate, the, the cricket tees debate, all sorts of things. You know, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how next season goes down. Now, cricket off, evolves. Cricket evolves, yeah. the Shropshire Cricket League will evolve. And ultimately they'll get it right. Mm. Sooner rather than later, in all yeah, uh, I think it, it will become win lose eventually. It will, yeah, I'm sure it will. Now that's over, we move ourselves on to our final section and the moment everyone's always waiting for. It's transfer rumors with the king of the transfers, Jamie Martindale. <laughs>
He simply says, transfer guru, Jamie Martindale, not king of the transfers. But I'll let you off. Get on with it, Carrot Top. <laughs> uh, so, gentlemen, we have six confirmed transfers from the last podcast, which... Is that all? A... Yeah, I know, yeah. It's not a high number. It's a bit disappointing, really, isn't it? We've already covered a couple of them. But um, we have six confirmed ones. One I learned of half an hour ago, which somebody mentioned on here. Yeah. Um, and then I'm sure we've got a few juicy rumours um, in five or ten minutes' time. So we'll start with Frankton. Um, and their change of overseas, uh, their new overseas, is Dylan Sidira, who is a Sri Lankan under-19 international. Mm. Um, I understand an off-spinning all-rounder, so Yuri tells me. Uh, so I'm looking forward to potentially seeing Yuri try and pick his, uh, pick his variety when he keeps to him this season. Uh, so that will be interesting. So we've already mentioned their overseas, um, but I understand they're against England under-19s as well, so Yuri tells me so. Um, he looks a prospect and to be fair Frankton have a good record of overseas don't they you know we mentioned they always have a good overseas yeah we mentioned one or two other clubs that perhaps don't get it right but um, Frankton usually do to be fair to them Um, and they've also signed Lloyd Phillips um, from Barclay United in Leicestershire Um, I understand he's a lovely lad he's I tell you what I played a President's Day at Frankton and Lloyd's an absolute legend and a, a, a good cricketer as well. And he will bring definitely, well, the fact is he's one of the boys as well. And that, I think that that works with Frankton as well. So definitely a good addition to their first team. So Frankton, obviously an upgraded wicketkeeper or a specialist wicketkeeper, um, very good overseas. And Lloyd Phillips, somebody you know, you're raving about, that's some really good business from them, isn't it? Do you still yeah, think they're going to finish in the bottom two? Well, mate, I, I like to think that they're going to prove me wrong. And uh, I'm going to get someone there every week to film them warming up to prove that they're warming up as well. <laughs> I hear there's another transfer in coming as well. So that'll be interesting to see who that is and how that goes down as well, Dre. Any potential names? Not as of yet. Oh, James. <laughs> transfer rumours. This is why the listeners listen. <laughs> you can tell, tell us off, Cameron. <laughs> um, we have a little bit more in the Premier Division. Uh, Ollie Moore from Barliston to Whitchurch. Yeah. Another overseas at Wem. Somebody that you, I'm sure, have heard about, Andrew Harrison, and could well have been uh, the top transfer uh, at the top of this section. But Mohit Kale, if I pronounce that correctly, uh, what can you tell us? Is he going to replace you? Well, I'm just very excited to see what he's like because... As we've spoke about before, uh, when have a really, really good past with, with pro yeah, they've got a good over. Record, uh, their track record is fantastic. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I think playing with better players, I mean, I've, I've through, through my playing days, moving to Sentinel, going to play with the likes of Mal Serplet, I loved it. Loved the move, loved playing with better players. And I, I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing what he's like and having a ball at the nets at him. And, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. 15 first-class games in India? Mate, it, it, to, to me, I'd like to see what he does over here. It's, it's yeah. a different place to play. But, again, they've got a proven track record and their players normally come over here and do very well. So uh, I'm really hoping he, he comes and he gets straight off to a good start. He's already messaged the groups that he can't wait. Um, which is which is fantastic as well. So I'm looking forward to it. 
And then we've got a couple of additions at Sentinel. Um, Johnny Evans from Acton Reynolds, someone we touched on earlier when we were discussing Acton Reynolds. Um, good young prospect. Be interesting to see how he goes. He's someone that, you know, when I was at Beacon in the last season or two, he's someone that we have tried to sign. Um, but it looks a good move to me. He played here in Georgia, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He played a little bit for us um, in Sundorn League um, on a Monday night indoor. Um, left arm batsman, left arm bowler. Um, got talent, hasn't he? He's got talent. Um, and I think Sentinel is a, is a he's an ex He's an ex-youth cricketer from Sentinel as well. So he's gone back to Sentinel. I, I, okay. I think his dad plays there as well, doesn't he? I think, does his dad play at Sentinel? I don't think so. Well, not recently. I don't think so. But he's definitely a youth development. He, he was at Sentinel before he went to Acton Reynolds, and he's gone back. Okay. Um, and they've also signed uh, Lloyd Edwards from Knockin. So again, another young lad, someone I'm not too familiar with, um, but another young lad. And what I wanted I to think, ask Andy was, oh, sorry, sorry, I think that's a Steve Gray influence at, mm. at Knockin. Okay. I think Steve um, has raved about him before. I've heard Steve bring his name up. So left arm leggy. Um, Steve certainly um, is very, very good at talking to people. He's very, he's, he's just a nice lad, Steve, isn't he? Um, and he, uh, and he, he's, he's definitely mentioned his talent a couple of times. So that's good. What I wanted to ask you was, do you think for these young lads, so between the ages of sort of eighteen to twenty, twenty-one? Is it now the perfect time to join Sentinel if you're that age? You, 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 chances are you might get a go in, in the first team at some point this season? Yeah, I would definitely say so, 100%. I mean, I joined the club uh, to play with, I, I, I just said him actually, like people like Mal Serplett. Like, yeah. le, like, I mean, I, I was very lucky to play with people like Darren Bullock, who will be playing in the twos now. Uh, and I played with them in my pomp and they were fantastic, like unbelievable cricketers uh, with so much ability. And you learn so much from them. It's you, you, you won't even, you don't even notice how much you learn from players like that. So I think yeah. them coming into the twos will be absolutely superb. And I wouldn't be surprised at the age they're at within the next couple of years, they will progress into first team cricketers because the club is, is a really good club. They're, they've got superb players there that, that will mentor them. Definitely. Do, do you think do you think there'll be chances this season for them in the first team? Um, I don't know. The, the best thing about Sentinel is you look at the, the seconds at Sentinel, they are so strong. They've got players like Ralph Bishop, Niall Salisbury. They've got some senior players like Phil Cordell. Uh, they've got Mark Lovelock. They've got a lot of players who I would put in the brackets of pushing first team cricket. Um yeah. Unfortunately, they've come into the first team and they haven't been given a run of games because we've always been so strong. Um, so I think this season is a really good opportunity for players to state their claim and say, right, I want to play in the first team. I'm hoping yeah. that players like my friend, like good friends of mine, Mark Lovelock, maybe gets a run in the first team. And if he doesn't do it after five or six games, maybe these youngsters will get a chance and we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, I think it's just a really good time at Sentinel for them, the, the second team, is to state a claim to play in the first. I, I absolutely agree it's a good move for Johnny Evans because he's, he's an actor. Yeah, he's done well. He's done well. And, and he'll, he'll feature in the seconds and yeah, maybe get a chance to finish him. But um, like Lloyd Edwards for knocking is a spinner. Leg spinner, apparently. Hill, Leg spinner. Hill said, yeah. So is he going to get in the ones? You got well, George Fisher. 
Obviously, George, George, George obviously, yeah. We've well, got George Cheshire, who's going to be like first choice, isn't he? Fantastic. I think George. So, so, so yeah. that, that's a parallel move for him because he's gone from Div 2 to Div 2 if he's playing in Sentinel Seconds. Yeah. I think it makes sense. He could replace, he could replace Andy, similar, similar pace. <laughs> Cheeky shit. <laughs> <laughs> but no, on a, on a serious note, I think, I think, you know, it's a really good time for a, for a young lad, a young, talented lad. Um, with aspirations to join Sentinel, I think it, I think it, I think the timing is going to be very very good for these guys. And then we've got one more confirmed transfer, which is Graham Hughes, who has also left Acton Reynolds to join Condover. Yeah, I only found out found out about that today. I'm quite surprised, and I'd be keen to know what what's driven that. So, Graham or Ad Hudson, please let me know. Uh, it, may, it may be because their seconds have folded. The, he, he, he's looking for more regular cricket, you know, you, you know. We have a little bit more. Um, Kieran Osborne, someone we spoke about in the last podcast. We knew he was leaving Brosley. Um, a number of Telford sides were in for him. And he has, as Maidley say, uh, after much speculation, um, he has joined them for the 2021 mm. season. Um, will, will he be a potential first-teamer? I guess so. I mean, did you play against him last season, Joss or Hill? Was he? In- yeah, yeah, big hitter. Um, good cricketer. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to put this politely. He's um, he's good against agricultural bowling. <laughs> yes. I'd be interested to see how he does at at a high level. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck to him. I hope you know, I hope he succeeds. He's a good cricketer. Yeah, he's a very good cricketer. He's, I think his first. I think his first ball he walked down the wicket and. Smashed our bowler for six, and uh, yeah, it was a quite a long day watching him smash us all over the park that day. But yeah, uh, joining his friend Kelvin Rogerson, uh, along with the well, the James Ralph connection as well, uh, getting getting those two players across. So yeah, and uh, there's been some moves at Column as well, Jay. Yes, uh, a familiar face has arrived back at Column, uh, Milan Dansingani. Um, he returns after a year travelling, Column have announced. Um, 390 runs, 23 wickets during a spell in 2019 at the club. So that looks a very promising side. For... Good, good player, Milan. He's played for me indoor. Um, in fact, he rather famously featured when, when Grasshoppers B beat Grasshoppers A. I think he uh, rubbed a few people the wrong way, didn't he, Andy? Like done. We needed to be called Grasshoppers A rather than B. But... Um, yeah, he's a good player, good, um, good all-rounder, to be fair. And speaking of returning players, uh, Wayne Phillips, the old dog, has rejoined all Scott. Wayne, who retired, what, a year or two ago? Fantastic in-swing bowler, um, ex-Boma. Uh, he has signed up to be a part of all Scott this season. Uh, someone that I'm sure we've all played against. Very good bowler, Wayne Phillips. He is back. Played for Beacon indoor as well, didn't he? Who hasn't? Who hasn't, Joss? Uh, I think I'm the only one. You've never been asked. <laughs> There's a reason for that, isn't there? Have hey, we got any rumours? Or are we just... I mean, the, the biggest rumour is I hear that Alberbury are in the market for a couple of players. So, something that I'd be interested in, taking a look at some of these sides and taking a new element to this transfer section is, what sides do you think need to recruit? And if so, what do they need to recruit? To take them either to the title or to help them stay in the division? Are there any teams jumping out that you think 
yeah, they need they maybe need to pick up. You know, like we like you've said before, Andy Shelton needed another batsman, so then they've gone and got Dan Walker. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite a difficult question, really. I think um, f- wow. from my knowledge and looking at clubs, I I think Kund uh, could probably do with another seamer. Um, I still think Shelton, although they've signed all these players, I still think there may be a, a, a top batsman away from being a, a side that could push mid-table. I still think Sentinel uh, could do with a, a, another, maybe another signing, mm. uh, maybe a seamer. Um, I think batting in the batting department, I'd like to see Sentinel give some of the second teamers a go because I think they've got loads of potential there. Um I mean, how many clubs is there? Uh, there's so many clubs I could speak about um, that could strengthen. I think Frankton are another side where uh, uh, this overseas, if he's not a batsman, they could probably do with another batsman. Um, they're, they're, they're missing maybe someone that can average 40 a season. You know, every, every club needs that batsman. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's so many clubs that could recruit. Um, Still time though, isn't there? There's loads yeah. of time coming up before the season. You look at what Mainly have done and Whitchurch. I would have thought they're going to be pretty much they're going to be new sides this season, yeah. apart from maybe a handful of players. So there's loads of time to recruit, and I'm sure it's going to be great. And I'm looking forward to seeing all the teams do so well. I hope they do well, and I wish everyone the best of luck for the season coming up. Yeah, bringing up your point about Shelton, obviously there is that one rumor. The only rumor that we have on tonight's podcast is that Luke Jones of Oswald Street potentially going across to Shelton. So Shelton gaining some more players from Oswald Street. So Joss, your thoughts on, on Alderbury potentially talking to players and kind of going back to what I was just saying to Andy, where would you say from an Alderbury perspective that they need to strengthen going into 2021? What do they need? Yeah, I think it's a club Alderbury are, are a healthy club. They are a healthy club. You know, we've got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of strength in terms of women's cricket and junior cricket and things like that. Um, in terms of the, the top echelon, if you like, our first team perhaps need to need to look the bowling in particular. I think um, I think our strongest bowlers, other than other than Sam Morris, are perhaps beyond their best. You know, you look at over previous years, the leading wicket taker, leading wicket takers have been Miles Thomas. Andy Holloway, Neil Savage, you know, they're all the wrong side of 40. So we, we need to look for some, perhaps some younger bowlers. So we've got Beardy, we've got Sam Morris, but um, we probably need a youthful bowler there. We've got Jan Griffiths. Jan was a revelation last year. year, yeah. Year, but, but we need more than that, really. Mm. Going wider to other clubs, I think um, I think Andy spot on that couldn't need, need more seamers, more pace bowlers. Beacon, Beacon perhaps needs to look at recruiting. And we, we mentioned locking in depth earlier, um, depending on what, what their ambitions are. I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very happy with the way Aubrey are. If, if we want to continue to compete in Division mm. 1 or perhaps higher, we need to do something about it. If we're just happy to be a club and enjoy our cricket and play wherever we are, then let's carry on and, and mm. not recruit. Yeah, it's well, it's, it's a good, it's a good club ethos as well. It's very, you know, it's a great place after you finish the game when you play for Albury. It's nice going down to the Hands and Diamond and going through. I think we're the, possibly one of the only clubs who buys rounds in jugs 
and just <laughs> instead of instead of beers, you all just get a pint glass at the start, and it's just jugs, jugs, jugs. Anyway, Jamie, what about yourself? King of the transfers or transfer guru, as you'd like to be called. <laughs> we'll see if that one sticks. What you know? Are there any teams that are jumping out to you that maybe need to pick up a player or two to take them to that next level? Well, I mean, it's difficult for me because Josh just named about nine clubs there, so he hasn't left me much choice. Um, I was going to say knocking again. You know, again, it, it depends on, on what their aspirations are. Like like Josh says, um, I know Joe is is actively looking for a seamer at Kund, another seamer uh, to complement what they've got. Um, you know, they've already made some really good additions, but I'm sure just to sort of stabilise in Division One. He would like that extra seamer. Be interesting to see if anyone else comes in at Shelton. Obviously, you know, myself and Dan Walker have, have come in um, to add to a, you know, quite a sizable squad um, that we've already got. Um, and then I'd be interested to see if Sentinel make any marquee signings. If they can get a marquee signing in the next month or so, um, I think that will be interesting. But look, every club wants to strengthen. Um, every club, not every club, but a lot of clubs have strengthened. Um, but it's difficult for us because we, we also don't know what's coming through the clubs in terms of the youth structure. You know, we don't know if there's a, a sort of rough diamond coming through that, that could have their breakthrough year. And hopefully we can, we can see that this season. Yeah, I think this takes us on to our very final segment. So another, well, another episode in the bag and hopefully the last one on Zoom. Uh, the one big piece of news is, unfortunately, due to everything that's been going on with COVID, we have had to postpone the Cow Corner Golf Day. Uh, I will be getting in contact with the Reeking Golf Club and uh, because we have been talking about getting a different day. I think it worked for both parties to move it later in the year due to the demand that there is going to be at the golf club because our, well, our Cow Corner Golf Day w- was in the first few weeks of Golf, golfers being allowed back into the golf club. So it probably wouldn't have gone too down too well with the members. But yeah, so we are hoping to have a date out as soon as possible. You never know, the date may be out before this podcast comes out. Uh, but yes, Cal Connor Golf Days is postponed, but it will be happening this year. And yeah, very much looking forward to that. Also, new merch, new bat stickers, new all sorts coming out, really cool range coming out for you guys. And also, yeah, as always, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast. I think one week I'd be really interested just to do the whole podcast on just Apple Podcast and see if we can get, because they have a top 10, top 15, top 20 rankings for cricket podcasts. It'd be quite interesting to see how far we could get up that table if we uh, just told everyone to do Apple Podcast. Uh, if we make the table. If we make the table. Yeah, but it'd be interesting to see if we could even make it on there. That'd be quite interesting, wouldn't it, guys? But anyway, I don't think there's anything more that we need to say, really. Except thank you very much, as always, for your support and for your listenership. Hopefully, you know, the, the light is at the end of the tunnel and things are only going to get better from here and yeah next one is the big one the pre-season preview we cannot wait uh, it's going to be a podcast dedicated to previewing the divisions in their entirety going through each and every club's ingoings outgoings what we think about every club and moving forward if you haven't already why not give the new cow corner extra a listen if you are in divisions forward and below We are still yet to decide what's going to happen with the Sunday divisions. I do have uh, some ideas for that. So if you are interested, 
um, in being one of our Sunday reporters who uh, basically will be doing a little kind of voice recording, which we'll put on the end of our podcast, then uh, talking about Sunday cricket, then getting contact. And yes, hopefully very soon we'll have the final two people confirmed as our hosts for our women's podcast. We've got two already and uh, we just need a couple more just to fill that in. So yet again, yeah, if you are, if you are really interested in women's cricket and, uh, or you're, you know, you play women's cricket and you want to get involved and you want to be on the, on that podcast, let me know and we can get that sorted anyway. All that leaves me to say is thank you very much, guys. Uh, thank you very much, Jamie. No worries. Cheers, James. That segment was the longest of the night, I think. <laughs> thank you very much, Joss. Thank you. Can I just say, looking at us on Zoom here, all the four different captions, we look a bit like a boy band. I, I, I say, we're a bit like Take That, aren't we? You've got, you got Andy, who's like the Gary Barlow, the one that struggles with his weight with all the talent. <laughs> <laughs> You got you got James Hurl, he's probably Howard Donald, good dancer, and I don't know his name's always got duck after it. <laughs> you got Jamie Martindale, Jason Orange, perhaps because the colour of his hair. <laughs> Obviously, Jack Doyle is probably Robbie Williams. We fucked off early, and we're better off without him. <laughs> We must make me Marco. He must be the good-looking guy that all the women love. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. 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 Where's that come from? Oh, my God. He's pulled that one out of the bag. (laughs) What can we be called? Fake fake trout. (laughs) Cow pat. Um, Worth worth listening to the end there. And, uh, yeah, (laughs) thank you very much, Andy. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, I, I do struggle with my weight. Um, I'm glad we're finished because my pasty's about done in the microwave. Um, I'll see you later, boys. Thank you very much. <laughs> see you later, guys. And thank you, as always. This has been another episode of the Cow Corner Podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 